The Evolution of Modesty, Part 1, Section 3, of Studies in the Psychology of Sex, Volume 1, by Havelock Ellis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Evolution of Modesty, Part 1, Section 3. The semi-nude natives of the island of Nias, in the Indian Ocean, are modest by nature, paying no attention to their own nudity or that of others, and much scandalized by any attempt to go beyond the limits ordained by custom. When they pass near places where women are bathing, they raise their voices in order to warn them of their presence. And even although any bold youth addressed the women, and the latter replied, no attempt would be made to approach them, any such attempt would be severely punished by the head man of the village. Man says that the Andamanes, in modesty and self-respect, compare favorably with many classes among civilized peoples. Women are so modest that they will not renew their leaf aprons in the presence of one another, but retire to a secluded spot for this purpose. Even when parting with one of their bod appendages, tails of leaves suspended from back of girdle to a female friend, the delicacy they manifest for the feelings of the bystanders in their mode of removing it amounts to prudishness yet they wear no clothing in the ordinary sense of the garo women of bengal dalton says their sole garment is a piece of cloth less than a foot in width that just meets around the loins and in order that it may not restrain the limbs it is only fastened where it meets under the hip at the upper corners the girls are thus greatly restricted in the positions they may modestly assume, but decorum is, in their opinion, sufficiently preserved if they only keep their legs well together, when they sit or kneel. Of the Naga women of Assam, it is said, of clothing there was not much to see. In spite of this, I doubt whether we can excel them in true decency and modesty. Ibn Muhammad Wali, had already remarked in his history of the conquest of Assam, 1662-1663, that the Naga women only cover their breasts. They declare that it is observed to cover those parts of the body which everyone has been able to see from their births, but that it is different with the breasts, which appeared later, and are, therefore, to be covered. Dalton adds that in the presence of strangers, Naga women simply cross their arms over their breasts, without caring much what other charms they may reveal to the observer. As regards some clans of the naked Nagas, to whom the Banpara belong, this may still hold good. In Ceylon, a woman always bathes in public streams, but she never removes all her clothes. She washes under the cloth, bit by bit, and then slips on the dry new cloth, and pulls out the wet one from underneath much in the same sliding way as servant girls and young women in England. This is the common custom in India and the Malay states. The breasts are always bare in their own houses, but in the public roads are covered whenever a European passes. The vulva is never exposed. They say that a devil, imagined as a white and hairy being, might have intercourse with them. In Borneo, the Surat, called Chawal by the Malays, is a strip of cloth a yard wide, worn round the loins and in between the thighs, so as to cover the pudenda and perineum. It is generally six yards or so in length, 
but the younger men of the present generation use as much as twelve or fourteen yards, sometimes even more, which they twist and coil with great precision round and round their body, until the waist and stomach are fully enveloped in its folds. In their own houses in the depths of the forest, the dwarfs are said to neglect coverings for decency in men as in the women, but certainly when they emerge from the forest into the villages of the agricultural negroes, they are always observed to be wearing some small piece of bark cloth or skin, or a bunch of leaves over the pudenda. Elsewhere in all the regions of Africa, visited by the writer, or described by other observers, a neglect of decency in the male has only been recorded among the Efik people of Old Calabar. The nudity of women is another question. In parts of West Africa, between the Niger and the Gaboon, especially on the Cameroon River, at Old Calabar in the Niger Delta, it is, or was, customary for young women to go about completely nude before they were married. In Swaziland, until quite recently, unmarried women and very often matrons went stark naked. Even among the prudish Baganda, who made it a punishable offense for a man to expose any part of his leg above the knee, the wives of the king would attend at his court perfectly naked. Among the Cavarondo, all unmarried girls are completely nude, and although women who have become mothers are supposed to wear a tiny covering before and behind, they very often completely neglect to do so when in their own villages. Yet, as a general rule, among the Nile Negroes, and still more markedly among the Hamites and the people of Masai stock, the women are particular about concealing the pudenda, whereas the men are ostentatiously naked. The Baganda hold nudity in the male to be such an abhorrent thing, that for centuries they have referred with scorn and disgust to the Nile Negroes as the naked people. Male nudity extends northwest to within some 200 miles of Khartoum, or in fact, wherever the Nile Negroes of the Dika Akoli stock inhabit the country. Among the Nilotic Jaluo, Johnson states that unmarried men go naked. Married men who have children wear a small piece of goat skin, which, though quite inadequate for purposes of decency, is nevertheless a very important thing in etiquette, for a married man with the child must on no account call on his mother-in-law without wearing this piece of goat skin. To call on her in a state of absolute nudity would be regarded as a serious insult, only to be atoned for by the payment of goats. Even if under the new dispensation he wears European trousers, he must have a piece of goat skin underneath. Married women wear a tail of strings behind. It is very bad manners for a woman to serve food to her husband without putting on this tail. Mrs. French Sheldon remarks that the Maasai and other Eastern African tribes, with regard to menstruation, observe the greatest delicacy and are more than modest. At the same time the Maasai, among whom the penis is of enormous size, consider it disreputable to conceal that member, and in the highest degree reputable to display it, even ostentatiously. Among the African Dinka, who are scrupulously clean and delicate, smearing themselves with burnt cow's dung, and washing themselves daily with cow's urine, and are exquisite cooks, reaching in many respects a higher stage of civilization, in Schwenfurth's opinion, than is elsewhere attained in Africa. Only the women wear aprons. The neighboring tribes of the red soil, 
bongo mitu nyam nyam etc are called women by the dinka because among these tribes the men wear an apron while the women obstinately refuse to wear any clothes whatsoever of skin or stuff going into the woods every day however to get a supple bough for a girdle with perhaps a bundle of fine grass lomborso and carrara examining some dinka negroes brought from the white nile remarked as to their psychology what struck us first was the exaggeration of their modesty not in a single case would the men allow us to examine their genital organs or the women their breasts we examined the tattooed marks on the chest of one of the women and she remained sad and irritable for two days afterward they add that in sexual and other respects these people are highly moral the negro is very rarely knowingly indecent or addicted to lubricity says sir h h johnston in this land of nudity which i have known for seven years i do not remember once having seen an indecent gesture on the part of either man or woman and only very rarely and that not among unspoiled savages in the case of that most shameless member of the community the little boy he adds that the native dances are only an apparent exception being serious in character though indecent to our eyes almost constituting a religious ceremony the only really indecent dance indigenous to central africa is one which originally represented the act of coition but it is so altered to a stereotype formula that its exact purport is not obvious until explained somewhat shyly by the natives it may safely be asserted that the negro race in central africa is much more truly modest is much more free from real vice than are most european nations neither boys nor girls wear clothing unless they are the children of chiefs until nearing the age of puberty among the wankanda practically no covering is worn by the men except a ring of brass wire around the stomach the wankanda women are likewise almost entirely naked but generally cover the pudenda with a tiny beadwork apron often a piece of very beautiful workmanship and exactly resembling the same article worn by kaffir women a like degree of nudity prevails among many of the awemba among the alunga the batumbuka and the angoni most of the angoni men however adopt the zulu fashion of covering the glance penis with a small wooden case or the outer shell of a fruit the wayao have a strong sense of decency in matters of this kind which is the more curious since they are more given to obscenity in their rites ceremonies and dances than any other tribe not only is it extremely rare to see any yao uncovered but both men and women have the strongest dislike to exposing their persons even to the inspection of a doctor the antanga and many of the ainainga people and all the tribes west of nyasa with the exception possibly of the alunda have not the yao regard for decency and although they can seldom or ever be accused of a deliberate intention to expose themselves the men are relatively indifferent as to whether their nakedness is or is not concealed though the women are modest and careful in this respect in azimba land central africa h crawford angus who has spent many years in this part of africa writes it has been my experience that the more naked the people and the more to us obscene and shameless their manners and customs the more moral and strict they are in the matter of sexual intercourse he proceeds to give a description of chensamwali 
or initiation ceremony of girls at puberty, a season of rejoicing, when the girl is initiated into all the secrets of marriage, amid songs and dances referring to the act of coition. The whole matter is looked upon as a matter of course, and not as a thing to be ashamed of or to hide, and being thus openly treated of, and no secrecy made about it, you find in this tribe that the women are very virtuous. They know for the first of all that is to be known, and cannot see any reason for secrecy concerning natural laws, or the powers and senses that have been given them from birth. Of the Monbutu of Central Africa, another observer says, It is surprising how a Monbutu woman of birth can, without the aid of dress, impress others with her dignity and modesty. The women at Upoto wear no clothes whatever, and came up to us in the most unreserved manner. An interesting gradation in the arrangement of the female costume has been observed by us. As we ascended the Congo, the higher up the river we found ourselves, the higher the dress reached, till it has now, at last, culminated in absolute nudity. There exists throughout the Congo population a marked appreciation of the sentiment of decency and shame as applied to private actions, says Mr. Herbert Ward. In explanation of the nudity of the women at Upoto, a chief remarked to Ward that concealment is food for the inquisitive. In the Gold Coast and surrounding countries, complete nudity is extremely rare, except when circumstances make it desirable. On occasion, clothing is abandoned with unconcern. I have on several occasions, says Dr. Freeman, seen women at Accra walk from the beach, where they have been bathing, across the road to their houses, where they would proceed to dry themselves, and resume their garments and women may not infrequently be seen, bathing in pools by the wayside, conversing quite unconstrainedly with their male acquaintances, who are seated on the bank. The mere unclothed body conveys to their minds no idea of indecency. Immodesty and indelicacy of manner are practically unknown. He adds that the excessive zeal of missionaries, in urging their converts to adopt European dress, which they are only too ready to do, is much to be regretted, since the close-fitting, thin garments are really less modest than the loose clothes they replace, besides being much less cleanly. At Luango, says Puchel Loche, the well-bred negress likes to cover her bosom, and is sensitive to critical male eyes. If she meets a European, when without her overgarment, she instinctively, though not without coquetry, takes the attitude of the Medician Venus. Men and women bathe separately, and hide themselves from each other when naked. The women also exhibit shame when discovered suckling their babes. The Quran, Surah 24, forbids showing the pudenda, as well as the face, yet a veiled Mohammedan woman, Stern remarks, even in the streets of Constantinople, will stand still and pull up her clothes to scratch her private parts. And in Beirut, he saw Turkish prostitutes, still veiled, place themselves in the position for coitus. An Englishman surprised a woman while bathing in the Euphrates. She held her hands over her face, without troubling as to what else the stranger might see. In Egypt, I have myself seen quite naked young peasant girls, who hesitated to see us, after covering their faces. When Halfer was taken to visit the ladies, in the palace of the Imam at Muscat, at Buskir, he found that their faces were covered with black masks, though the rest of the body might be clothed in a transparent sort of crepe. 
to look at a naked face was very painful to the ladies themselves even a mother never lifts the mask from the face of her daughter after the age of twelve that is reserved for her lord and husband i observed that the ladies looked at me with a certain confusion and after they had glanced into my face lowered their eyes ashamed on making inquiries i found that my uncovered face was indecent as a naked person would be to us they begged me to assume a mask and when a waiting woman had bound a splendidly decorated one round my head they all exclaimed tahip tahip beautiful beautiful in algeria in the provinces of constantine in biskra even a Urez, among the women especially not one is restrained by any modesty in unfastening her girdle to any comer when a search was being made for tattoo marks on the lower extremities in spite of the great licentiousness of manners the same writer continues the arab and the kabyle possess great personal modesty and with difficulty are persuaded to exhibit the body nude is it the result of fear modesty or of their inveterate habits of active pederasty whatever the cause they always hide the sexual organs with their hands or their handkerchiefs and are disagreeably affected even by the slightest touch of the doctor muslim modesty remarks wellhausen was carried to great lengths insufficient clothing being forbidden it was marked even among the heathen arabs as among semites and old civilizations generally we must not be deceived by the occasional examples of immodesty in individual cases the sunna prescribes that a man shall not uncover himself even to himself and shall not wash naked for fear of god and of spirits job did so and atoned for it heavily when in arab antiquity grown-up persons showed themselves naked it was only under extraordinary circumstances and to attain unusual ends women when mourning uncover not only the face and bosom but also tore all their garments the messenger who brought bad news tore his garments a mother desiring to bring pressure to bear on her son took off her clothes a man to whom vengeance is forbidden showed his despair and disapproval by uncovering his posterior and strewing earth on his head or by raising his garment behind and covering his head with it this was done also in fulfilling natural necessities mantagaza mentions that a lapland woman refused even for the sum of a hundred and fifty francs to allow him to photograph her naked though the men placed themselves before the camera in the costume of adam for a much smaller sum in the same book mantagaza remarks that in the eighteenth century travelers found it extremely difficult to persuade samoyed women to show themselves naked among the same people he says the newly married wife must conceal her face from her husband for two months after marriage and only then yield to his embraces the beauty of a chinese woman says dr matignon resides largely in her foot a foot that is not deformed is a dishonor says a poet for the husband the foot is more interesting than the face only the husband may see his wife's foot naked a chinese woman is as reticent in showing her feet to a man as a european woman her breasts i have often had to treat chinese women with ridiculously small feet for wounds and excoriations the result of tight bandaging they exhibited the prudishness of schoolgirls blushed turned their backs to unfasten the bandages and then concealed the foot in a cloth leaving only the affected part uncovered modesty is a question of convention chinese habit for their feet 
among the Yakuks of northeast Siberia, there was a well-known custom, according to which a bride should avoid showing herself or her uncovered body to her father-in-law. In ancient times, they say, a bride concealed herself for seven years from her father-in-law, and from the brothers and other masculine relations of her husband. The men also tried not to meet her, saying, The poor child will be ashamed. If a meeting could not be avoided, the young woman put a mask on her face. Nowadays, the young wives only avoid showing to their male relatives-in-law the uncovered body. Amongst the rich, they avoid going about in the presence of these in the chemise alone. In some places, they lay a special emphasis on the fact that it is a shame for young wives to show their uncovered hair and feet to the male relatives of their husbands. On the other side, the male relatives of the husband ought to avoid showing to the young wife the body uncovered above the elbow or the sole of the foot, and they ought to avoid indecent expressions and vulgar vituperations in her presence. That these observances are not the result of a specially delicate modesty is proved by the fact that even young girls constantly twist thread upon the naked thigh, unembarrassed by the presence of men who do not belong to the household. Nor do they show any embarrassment if a strange man comes upon them when uncovered to the waist. The thing which they do not like, and at which they show anger, is that such persons look carefully at their uncovered feet. The former simplicity, with lack of shame in uncovering the body, is disappearing. In Japan, Captain hmm, tells me, the bathing place of women is perfectly open. The shampooing, indeed, was done by a man, and Englishmen were offered no obstacle, nor excited the least repugnance. Indeed, girls after their bath would freely pass, sometimes as if holding out their hair for innocent admiration, and this continued until countrymen of ours, by vile laughter and jests, made them guard themselves from insult by secrecy. So corruption spreads, and heathenism is blacker by our contact. Speaking once with a Japanese gentleman, I observed that we considered it an act of indecency for men and women to wash together. He shrugged his shoulders as he answered, But these Westerners have such prurient minds. Dr. Carl Davidson, who remarks that he had ample opportunity of noting the great beauty of the Japanese women in a national dance, performed naked, points out the Japanese have no aesthetic sense for the nude. This was shown at the Jubilee Exposition at Kyoto. Here, among many rooms full of art objects, one was devoted to oil pictures in the European manner. Among these, only one represented a nude figure, a psyche, or truth. It was the first time such a picture had been seen. Men and women crowded around it. After they had gazed at it for a time, most began to giggle and laugh. Some by their air and gestures clearly showed their disgust. All found that it was not aesthetic to paint a naked woman, though in nature, nakedness was in no way offensive to them. In the middle of the same city, at a fountain reputed to possess special virtues, men and women will stand together naked and let the water run over them. It is very difficult to investigate the hairiness of Ainu women, Bales remarks, for they possess a really incredible degree of modesty. Even when in summer they bathe, which happens but seldom, they keep their clothes on. 
He records that he was once asked to examine a girl at the mission school in order to advise as regards the treatment of a diseased spine. Although she had been at the school for seven years, she declared that she would rather die than show her back to a man, even though a doctor. End of the Evolution of Modesty, Part 1, Section 3